I'm your host, Sarah Troop, and you're listening to the Cabinet of Curiosities. This week's episode, The Glen Tavern Inn, where the past comes alive. The Glen Tavern Inn boasts a unique and story history called over its century-long existence. Cowboys and shootouts, stars of the silver screen, fires, thefts, gambling, prostitutes, and a speakeasy have all existed within the tavern's walls. The town that is home to the Glen Tavern, Santa Paula, in Southern California, holds fascinating tales of her own, which in turn contribute greatly to the history of this locale. This beautiful land, with its sunny, warm climate, rich with orchards and game, was home to the Chumash Indians, who populated the area now known as Heritage Valley. European exploration of the region began with the arrival of the Spanish explorers, and Santa Paula was incorporated into a series of Spanish and Mexican land grants, beginning in 1795, the last being Rancho Santa Paula y Saticoy. In 1872, Nathan Weston Blanchard purchased 2,700 acres and founded the city of Santa Paula. In 1874, Blanchard planted the first orange trees west of town and created the Limonaria Company. This laid the groundwork for what would account for a large part of the town's population in farm labor, creating a diverse mix of Native Americans, Mexicans, and Japanese. With the advent of the Southern Pacific Railroad, allowing for the shipment of oranges by rail around the country, Santa Paula would soon become known as the citrus capital of the world. Next, oil pioneers Wallace Hardison and Lyman Stewart moved to town in 1886 and began oil production in nearby canyons. This move cemented Santa Paula's long history in oil and agriculture. The considerable wealth created by these two industries contributed greatly to the historic and cultural attractions of the area. In 1890, Hardison and Stewart founded the almighty Union Oil, and with great success of the Limonaria Company, with General Manager C.C. Teague at the helm, who later became the chairman of Sunkist and founded Diamond Walnut, Santa Paula was firmly seated on a prosperous foundation of both citrus and black gold. In 1910, Santa Paula's sole hostelry, the Casa Ladrillo, announced its closing. With business booming and the nation captivated with dreams of the promise of a new life of wealth, not to mention the convenience of the railway, bringing so many newcomers to the town, a committee of Santa Paula's most substantial businessmen was appointed by the Board of Trade to negotiate the raising of $25,000 to build a new hotel to meet the demands of the rapidly growing town. 
Nearly every businessman in Santa Paula purchased one or more shares of the capital stock to fund the hotel and formed the Santa Paula Hotel Company, with Limonarius Teague serving as president. A parcel of land directly across from the train depot was acquired, as well as famed architects Sumner Hunt and Silas Burns, who were the designers behind such historical landmarks as the Southwest Museum and the Ebel Theatre in Los Angeles, where Judy Garland was discovered, and Amelia Earhart made her final public appearance and speech prior to her disappearance. The week the foundation was to be laid, the Santa Paula Chronicle ran a short piece on the groundbreaking, which contained a detailed description of what to expect from the Glen Tavern, according to the architect's designs. It reads as follows. In the center front is a cement porch approached by a wide cement walk and steps and flanked and supported by stone columns. There is a large lobby with private offices on the left and on the right are telephone booths, writing room, lavatories, etc. The kitchen, chef's room, a large splendidly lighted dining room are between kitchen and lobby. A large sample room is also on the first floor. The handsome hostelry will have 32 bedrooms, all outside rooms, and have running water. It was also around this time in 1910 that Hollywood moved into Santa Paula and made it one of the early film capitals of California. Most notably, when Gaston Melier brought his star film company to town in 1911, Melier, the elder and less well-known brother of the pioneering French filmmaker Georges. As a director, he shot more than 20 films in the area. And when the Warner Brothers decided to get into the film business, they also chose Santa Paula to be the site of their first film, Passions Inherited. On May 16th of 1911, the Glen Tavern opened its doors with a lavish banquet. Entry was $2 a ticket and rapidly sold out. The demand for tickets to this inaugural event was so great that manager J.S. Walling added another six to eight tables in the lobby to accommodate the approximately 150 guests in attendance. Guests were received by Walling, Teague and Thorpe, who escorted them to tables beautifully decorated with pink roses and simlacs. Each guest received a dainty menu printed on brown paper which included the order of the evening's dances. A five-piece orchestra provided ragtime and classical music. Dinner was served by waitresses procured specially for the event from Los Angeles as well as a special chef brought in. The menu consisted of a salad of lettuce and tomato in mayonnaise, grilled sweetbreads a la Talleyrand, and a roast turkey with potatoes, to name a few. When dinner commenced at 10 o'clock, the tables were cleared away for dancing, which reportedly was enjoyed by the guests into the wee hours of the morning. The dramatics ensued almost immediately. 
with manager Walling getting arrested by Sheriff McMartin for embezzlement from his employer of five years ago. The management of the inn is then taken over by an H.O. Henderson from Pasadena, who states that by 1913, quote, Lehman area draws 90% of those who stop at the tavern, that its fame is worldwide. In its first years of operation, the inn played host to a constant stream of visitors, including filmmakers and their crews, people, many of them Mexican and Japanese immigrants, looking to take advantage of Santa Paula's thriving agriculture industry, as well as wealthy businessmen who came at the invitation of Board of Trade members. With the Temperance Society and its sympathizers gaining ground in America, and such a transient population in Santa Paula, directly across from the train depot no less, the third floor of the hotel, which was an open floor at the time, rapidly turned into a brothel and gambling parlor. Once the prohibition did begin, the Glen Tavern also had a speakeasy. Many of the hotel legends, difficult to substantiate, yet persist, originated from this era, including tales of Wild West shootouts and murders of gamblers, prostitutes, and drunkards. One of these stories concerns Gaston Melier, who was said to be quite a fan of booze, poker, and ladies of the evening. In result, it is suggested that he spent quite a lot of time at the Glen Tavern Inn, patronizing the offerings on the third floor. In 1912, two days before the sinking of the Titanic, some of his actors got into a brawl with the innkeeper, which caused a local tabloid scandal. In 1917, Charles Eastep, who is traveling through California from Indiana, discovers that the Glen Tavern is in need of a manager. He leases it, then buys it from the stockholders in 1920. He expands the hotel by building more rooms in the attic area, bringing the number to 50. Just before midnight, on March 12, 1928, the little town of Santa Paula would be at the center of the greatest American civil engineering failure of the 20th century, when the St. Francis Dam in Los Angeles County broke apart, sending a massive wall of water hurtling through the Santa Clara Valley to the Pacific Ocean, sweeping homes, cars, livestock, vegetation, and hundreds of sleeping Santa Paula citizens toward the Pacific Ocean. In subsequent years, Hollywood A-listers discover the Glen Tavern and make it one of the places to see and be seen. Mary Pickford, John Wayne, Clark Gable, Carol Lombard, John Barrymore, Marilyn Monroe, Harry Houdini, and even canine star Rin Tin Tin, who had his own room, frequented the inn and its speakeasy. The inn was also the hub of a Heritage Valley social scene. Prestigious social clubs, like the Rotary Club, held their meetings here, as well as military dances, receptions, weddings, church bazaars, debutante balls and the like were all celebrated here. By the 1940s, the Glen Tavern changed hands back and forth between the government and the East Eps. It housed employees from Port Huanini, 
and during World War II, the Navy took it over as WAVE headquarters. In 1950, a large bar and two apartments were constructed on the side and were mostly inhabited by senior citizens. Charles Eastep retains residence at the inn until his death in 1957. His stepdaughter and niece, Ferry, and husband, Raymond Leroy Bannister, take over management. Bannister dies in his room here, and Ferry finally sells the hotel in 1974. The years that pass are not kind to the Glen Tavern, as ownership and usage changes multiple times. The property is finally added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1984. A few years later, Tokyo International College purchases the Glen Tavern for $2.1 million. It will soon serve as dorm housing for college students enrolled in their study abroad program, intended as a way for students to experience local people, places, and customs in America, and not solely to be tourists in a big city. In turn, the school offered local residents classes in introductory Japanese and traditional arts such as flower arranging, tea ceremonies, and watercolor painting. The school soon folds, and with Santa Paula's days of wealth and prosperity at an end, the Glen Tavern falls into great disrepair and turns into little more than a decrepit flophouse until 2004 when real estate developers Tom and Rosanna Jennett purchase the Glen Tavern and begin renovations, done so with a deep affection and respect for the Glen Tavern's history and architecture. The next two years are spent repairing and renovating the Glen Tavern to its former glory, but not without its setbacks, including a fire caused by a carelessly discarded cigarette butt which landed in a linen bin, where the fire crawled up the outside of the building and eventually made its way inside from the attic. Luckily, firefighters moved in with great haste and minimal damage was done to the majority of the property. Today, both the Glen Tavern and Santa Paula seem untouched by the passage of time. Santa Paula's small-town architecture and ambiance have continued to lure Hollywood's finest, especially to its main street, as well as many of the local residences and picturesque tree-lined streets. The Glen Tavern's motto, where the past comes to life, could be taken quite literally by many who visit the inn. Countless stories of possible paranormal phenomena experienced by staff, guests, and visitors have helped to give the Glen Tavern a reputation of being haunted. Mysterious voices, phantom screams, the laughter of children, and footsteps have all been heard when no one is there. Doors and furniture move as though animated by spectral hands. Levitating objects have been seen on more than one occasion, and even apparitions have been witnessed throughout the decades. In the lobby, ghostly children have been seen and heard playing and running up and down the stairs, 
or making their way into the restaurant, where a little girl in period clothing is seen riding a red tricycle. Waitresses and other staff claim they have seen chairs move out and away from the dining room tables, and even the silverware has been known to levitate. In the kitchen, a phantom chef has been spotted, too. According to interviews conducted by authors and seasoned paranormal investigators Robert and Anne Rodarski, with Glen Tavern staff, a gentleman by the name of Stan stated that while they were varnishing the second floor landing, imprints of a small left foot began to appear. Although several coats of the varnish were applied, the tenacious imprints continued to appear. On the first floor just off the lobby is the women's lavatory and powder room. This is said to be haunted by what is the Glen Tavern's most popular ghost, Calvin, who appears dressed in leather fringe with long hair and a goatee. As the story goes, Calvin once worked as a performer in Buffalo Bill's Wild West show and then moved on to playing cowboy roles in silent films. During a stint on the local shoot in Santa Paula, Calvin patronized the Glen Tavern's third-floor gambling hall. During a game that night, he was caught cheating and was shot. In room 103, guests report strained whispers and moving objects, while next door in 104, it is believed that the mistress of a prominent political figure who knew too much and was murdered there still remains in the room, laughing and drinking champagne. Up on the second floor in the hallway, a couple of children who were staying there encountered an old woman. When they inquired about her age, she replied that she was 78, and then added, I'll kill you. The children took flight and immediately reported it. However, staff say that there was no one that fit that description on the property. 219 is occupied by party boy Gaston Melier, dressed elegantly in tails and a top hat. Next door, in room 222, the spirit of a travelling perfume saleswoman and the fragrance of her wares linger. As you can imagine, the former gambling hall, brothel and speakeasy on the third floor is deemed the most active, especially Room 307. It is believed that it was on this spot that Calvin was murdered. The aroma of cigar smoke and Calvin himself are often present, as well as an apparition of what is believed to be a prostitute who was murdered, beheaded, and stuffed into a closet. The largest room at the Glen Tavern is a bridal suite, Room 308, but it also goes by the name of Houdini's room. Legend has it that Houdini had been travelling through town by train, which had broken down in Santa Paula. Needing lodging, he ended up at the Glen Tavern Inn, and requested a large space, big enough to store all of his props, which he wanted to keep close, in order to keep his tricks a secret. The only space that would accommodate his request was a large attic space. 
staff moved a bed in for him, and there Houdini stayed with his props until the train was in working order again. Shadow figures are seen here, and doors open and close of their own accord. If you are fortunate enough to pay a visit to the Glen Tavern Inn, perhaps you, too, will discover someone who has checked in for an extended stay. This episode was originally commissioned by the American Paranormal Research Association and premiered as a visual episode in January of 2012. You can find APRA at www.apraparanormal.com Special thanks go to Robert Borowski, Jeremy Seifert, Steve Troop, The Glen Tavern Inn, Blanchard Community Library Staff, Los Angeles Public Library Staff, The Santa Paula Historical Society, Ventura County Historical Society, Brandon Alvis, Michael Rudy, Bruno Huerta, and Matt Goldman. If you'd like to learn more about the subjects featured on the Cabinet of Curiosities, please visit our website, cabinetofcuriositiespodcast.com. You can also get your daily intake of the delightfully macabre by following us on Twitter or liking us on Facebook. It's okay. We like you, too. I'm your host, Sarah True. Thanks for listening. You've got a load of what I saw last night. You'd have passed the Yankee Clipper on his maiden flight. Last night I saw upon the stairs little man who wasn't there, he wasn't there again today. Oh, how I wish he'd go away. When I came home last night at three, the man was waiting there.